Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecast, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. This is the ultimate in commercial real estate broker training at CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we have a wonderful show uh, today for you, and we do this show once a year. We've done it for a long time, and I always look forward to it. We're going to cover the top 10 issues affecting real estate. And this is a report that's put out by the counselors of real estate. And the counselors of real estate are an incredible group of people around the world who are experts in commercial real estate. They come from every discipline. It's an invitation-only group of people. And you know a bunch of SARI counselors that have been on our show. We've had... Uh, you know Casey Conway, and you know uh, Hugh Kelly and Jim Costello. Well, please welcome another Surrey counselor, Julie Melander. And she's the 2019 chair of the Board of Counselors of Real Estate. She's here in Studio One. Julie, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Well, I'm pleased to be here. Well, I appreciate it. And you just came back from uh, Nary and, and talked about these top 10 issues. And uh, let's talk a little bit before we get into them about you know, why you why you folks do this? I don't want them to say you guys. It's not just guys. No. Right? <laughs> we are we, the the females are yeah. a growing yeah. segment of the counselors, yes. And of of commercial real estate, and it's a good thing. Um, and uh, so tell me, why do you, why do you do this and, and how do you do it? Uh, in two thousand twelve, our external affairs mm -hmm. committee um, decided that they wanted to do something to for the community. We, we do individually a lot of, we, well, we do counseling for our clients, but as an organization, we were looking to to provide something to the marketplace, to, to gather all the brilliant minds that are in the counselors and, and look at trends as an organization. So that committee has led our annual process of surveying all 1,100 members and leading a lively debate at our spring meetings and resurveying and then analyzing those results and coming up with the top 10 issues that our organization sees as a whole for the coming year. I'd love to be at that debate when especially it comes down to the top three, right? It must be great. <laughs> yes, it's tough. We, yeah. we get those, we get some ideas out there yeah. that are generated early by the committee and by the board and yeah. then it, they get flushed, flushed out and Discussed. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've met so many uh, series, um, and you, the the caliber of people is just incredible. So that's one of the reasons I really look forward to this. All right, so we're going to go over the top ten, and we're going to start with number ten. Uh, you know, we got to do it that right. So number ten is public and private debt. Uh, how does that uh, affect real estate? Yes. Well, as as we see in the headlines, there's an abundant amount of capital in the marketplace these days. So our concern is that um, with all the capital that's out there and the historically low rates of interest, it's a sale and borrowers are continuing to borrow. And we've seen uh, May, uh, May of this year, the consumer debt has risen to its highest level of $4 trillion, $52 billion is what we consumers now have as uh, consumer debt. And we're concerned about that. It certainly impacts the homeowner's ability to buy a new house. And as interest rates go up, it's going to cause some, some additional concerns with household and business incomes mm -hmm. and incomes as those expenses rise. And then public debt too? 
Right, right. Um, certainly our federal level of public debt is the highest in the world. As a percent of the GDP, we, we're kind of in the middle. So we're not as bad as Japan, but not as good as Germany. It is of concern, certainly. Um, and local and state liabilities are also a concern. That impacts um, city and state ability to um, fund infrastructure and take care of their citizens um, when you have the kind of unfunded liabilities that many of these city and states have for pension funds. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. All right, let's talk about number nine, volatility and confidence. Well, yes, the basic finding here is that the more volatility in the marketplace, the less confidence that consumers, business owners, uh, investors have to make a decision on investing. And while a lot of the the measures in the marketplace are showing very high levels of confidence, there's volatility. Now, the stock market and related measures of, of confidence have seen some real ups and downs over just the last six months. Yeah. So we're concerned with that. Yeah. All right, number eight, population migration. Yes, well, we discuss and debate a lot of the short-term issues. Certainly population migration is a is a long-term, sometimes generational trend. And this year we did hear from counselors that it's something that they have on their radar. It's something we need to all pay attention to with cities like San Francisco struggling with the huge numbers of people that are heading that way and their homelessness issues and affordability issues to those areas of our country like the Midwest and the Rust Belt and the rural south that are suffering from uh, out-migration. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes, you got problems on both sides, right? Maybe mm -hmm. too many people coming in one area. But in commercial real estate, it's hard to think, what do you mean too many people? We want traffic counts. We want population, right? That's but, so true. That's but, so true. And it's um, more people means more demand. So, mm -hmm. yeah, like, how, how can that be bad? Yeah. But, yeah. But, but it can be. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about number seven, capital market risk. Yes. Capital market risk uh, is something that we think everybody needs to be paying attention to in our business. As I mentioned, we have uh, record amounts of debt that are outstanding, and there's certainly additional capital in the debt markets to be deployed. The banks are competing now with unregulated debt funds that where we've seen you know, there's more and more competition, uh, compressing yields, uh, a little more aggressive underwriting in terms. So. We say watch out for that. We're concerned. On the equity side, transactions are down. And what we see that telling us is that you know, sellers have a certain view of market of the market and of values, and buyers perhaps aren't seeing it the same way. So there's more refinancings. There's more owners, sellers that are deciding to just hang on to their properties right now. So if there's less transaction volume, does that mean that uh, there's less capital market risk, uh, or less chance of, of people maybe overpaying for some of these properties while they're on sale, while the, while the debt market's on sale? Uh, well, there's, if there are, if, if buyers are taking a, mm -hmm. a, a breath and looking at their assumptions for mm -hmm. future cash flows, which we think they should, and there are less transactions, yes, you'd think that, well, 
they're, we're not, the prices aren't continuing to go up right now, so that could be a good sign yeah. that the market by itself is, is tempering. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and, and it does that, and that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, and, you know, on the broker side of things, it uh, seems like it's more of the sellers that we talk to just feel real comfortable with the economy, and they seem to be real comfortable with what we have moving forward and the length of the cycle. and and uh, kind of the upside of their properties. And, uh, but, uh, you know, maybe that's the broker. I mean, just always looking for more product to sell, right? Yeah, well, I, I, oh, you can't argue with yeah. where the stock market's at, yeah. and there are lots of very strong uh, mm -hmm. indicators out there. Yeah. Our counselors really are, are suggesting caution is warranted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As always, Yellow we light. should also have some yes. caution. All right, number six, uh, political division. What do you mean political? There's no divided political <laughs> scene out there. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the counselors is mm. is not an advocacy group. Mm. Um, our count, the membership and the count, or members of the counselors really span the whole political spectrum for yeah, sure. Yeah. So what we're hearing from them is that really the divisiveness that's in politics today is making our options more limited. Um, it's increasing the cost of solutions, and it's really costing us more and more of our competitive advantage around the, around the world. So counselors as a whole are encouraging our legislators to, to, to come together and to compromise and to help get some, some bills passed and some legislation done that helps out the real estate industry. Yeah, we got to get rid of gridlock, right? And the yes. fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Uh, we have on, uh, we have two large screens in our cafe that uh, is right outside our studio here. And uh, one has CNN on it and one has Fox News on it. And you can sit in the middle and I wait a minute, they're, they're talking about the same thing, but both have totally different slants and it's like, there's so much division, you know, and and, 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 I, and it seems like I can't believe either one of them. You know, if, if you start watching one or the other, you start, I don't know, it, it's pretty confusing, and I agree with that one. Well, let's go to number five, end of cycle economics. And I think um, a lot of people out there are kind of concerned, wow, these good times seem to be lasting forever, and isn't it time that something's supposed to happen? Yes, yeah, we've been feeling that way for a while, yeah. haven't we? And I think the message is that, that, that while well, there are a lot of positive indicators, and, and certainly we have people looking at you know, the market continuing to go a certain way, we're encouraging people to realize that this, there are plenty of signals that indicate that this could be the end of cycle. Mm -hmm. For instance, the transactions that are, that are um, declining, um, they haven't taken a, a turn, you know, big downturn, but mm -hmm. the a volume of transactions is declining. And so we're, in, we're just encouraging the market participants not to look at the past mm -hmm. and project forward. Um, look at signals, determine what's the great, right, right growth rate for rents, mm -hmm. um, recognize that you need to do some sensitivities on the interest rates because certainly with the amount of debt that's out there, interest rates are gonna have to increase at some point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's cyclical business for sure. Uh, what, but what do you say to the folks out there that say, you know what, there, there doesn't have to be a set 
time frame for a cycle anymore. You know, it's kind so of a true. different world. And, you know, does it really have to, do we really have to cycle out of it? And, you know, if we do cycle out of it, it's obviously it's not going to be like the last down cycle, is it? <laughs> Nothing that I've heard in our counselor survey indicates that anyone expects a downturn like we had the last time. Mm -hmm. But there is some concern that as we slow and um, as tomorrow ends up not being quite like yesterday, that there may be some some projects that got built, some, some purchases that were made that mm -hmm. didn't um, use conservative enough analysis. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and, you know, we always want to be conservative, but uh, it's interesting as we as we uh, interview analysts uh, and economists on this show, focus on real estate, it seems like they're just quarter after quarter, year after year, just continually to be surprised at how well things are going. You know, it, uh, it seems like there's no end in sight. But there is end in sight to this segment. We're gonna take a quick break. Great. And uh, we'll be right back, so stay with us. We're gonna talk about number four, three, two, and get to number one. Stay with us, I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. The segment's brought to you by Red IQ. Uh, this is an amazing uh, software system, if you will. It takes static PDFs and of P&Ls and rent rolls for multifamily and puts them right in their system, and the analytics you could do are off the charts. Check it out at rediq.com. Well, today we're talking to Julie Melander. She's the two, 2019 chair of the board of counselors of real estate CRE and we're here in studio one and we've gone, gone from 10 down to five now we're at number four uh, the technology effect and we're talking about the top 10 issues affecting real estate so number four the technology effect so what we heard from counselors this year about technology was how um, the adoption of technology in our industry has been fairly consistent with other industries on the back office kinds of technology like um, accounting software and CRM and um, and um, those kind of you know, IT related Analysis, technologies like Red analysis IQ, yeah, like yeah. Red IQ yeah. yeah but but what um, counselors are a little more attuned to right now is that the building systems the operating technology hasn't been as quick to be adopted. And that that's an important part of what they think is important for 19 and 20, is that the industry pay attention to that. The, the HVAC systems, the building operating systems, are finally getting um, experts in there to help with cyber security. And, and, uh, and, the, and the, they have the kind of skills that are needed to bring that 
part of our industry up to where it needs to be. Yeah, mm -hmm. and is part of the reason why maybe some uh, builders, architects, developers that are maybe they're not incorporating this you know, new technology as fast as, the, as we, we'd like because of rising construction costs. I mean, if all the other hard construction costs are rising, then maybe it's hard to justify the, the extra cost of the technology, or why, why are they slow to do it? I don't know why they're slow, but I think that to be competitive mm -hmm. and to be have secure buildings, which are you know criti critical, mm -hmm. um, they're going to need to do it. Yeah. All right. So that. now we're down to the top three, and uh, we're doing the David Letterman style, going from <laughs> ten back to number yes. one. So number three is uh, weather and climate. Yes. Yes. Our top three are all um, issues that were. I mean, the counselors felt really strongly about that, that needed to be on everybody's radar list. And so um, as we talk about weather and climate risk and uh, the events, what we have focused on is the cost to our country and cost to our industry. Uh, we have some statistics from the Center for Climate, uh, what is it, the Center for National Center for Environmental Information. That's the nation's scorekeeper of the economic impact of weather events and, um, and climate-related events. And what they are telling us is 2017 was a record year. It cost America $300 billion. And then we have 2018, where we have more than 14, $14 billion-plus events that added up to be another $91 billion. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, between 1980 and 2018, an average annual costs are $20 billion. So that's, it's critical, it's a very important part of um, what goes into real estate ownership and underwriting. And because of those costs, the industry is seeing that, that investors and owners are requiring us as fiduciaries to look at that risk and assess it, plan for it. And um, certainly the kinds of actions that are being taken are, are things like hardening the assets, like moving um, the operating systems to the you know, mechanical systems to higher levels in the building, um, looking at backup battery investments, uh, in, uh, the, Backup generators is what I'm thinking of, and yeah. seawalls, berms, those kinds of things. Those investments are being made, and certainly insurance is something that you know, every building gets, and the cost of insurance is a major, major um, issue for us in our industry these days, and it may even be that some of these events aren't even going to be insurable in the future. Hmm. So it's something that needs to be on our radar. Um, other, oh, Yes, I mean, as investors and owners, uh, fund managers become more and more aware of these costs, they are asking for additional information. So there are, there are several initiatives in the marketplace that are focused on gathering the, the data that, that helps us measure, as owners and investors, climate Climate um, risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's something to watch out for. Mm -hmm. You know, insurance uh, seems to get uh, more expensive all the time, and when they've got to pay out billions, like you're talking about, uh, you know, it's just bound to happen. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're down to number two, and this one hits home, if you will, for everyone. Housing in America. Yes. Yes. Our, the counselors expanded their discussion about the affordability of housing, um, which is what we focused on last year, to, to really housing in America because affordability is an issue for middle America now as well. We talked a little bit earlier about debt levels and certainly student loans and as well as health care costs are very um, significant parts of the average American household and it's impacting the, the ability to, to um, pay for housing and um, we've talked about as costs have gone up uh, so we've got two dynamics here with increasing costs of housing and decreasing ability to pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that seems to be the almost seemingly the only thing to curtail the growth we've seen in the multifamily market is you know the affordability of of the tenants. Where how do you find these tenants? That how many tenants can pay two dollars plus a foot? And you know in in, in these communities. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I one of the headlines I picked up as I was preparing some of these remarks was from um, June, just last week. The Wall Street Journal reports that that Google's committed a billion dollars to housing out there in the San Francisco Bay Area, and they recognize that they're going to have to contribute, and other corporations have done the same. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a problem, and, you know, and, and part of it could be, you know, it seems like they, there's a lot less home builders, too, in the world than there used to be before the last downturn. And, yes. And if, if you're a builder, I apologize for chuckling, but there's there's a lot less of, out there building houses. And uh, um, so, you know, is, is, is it part of the housing on the home side, uh, a lack of supply? Uh, or is it the rising cost of the construction? Is it? It would be... Th- 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 Comments that I read mm-hmm. coming back from our counselors was to that point exactly mm-hmm. that the the costs um, have have gone up such to to such a point that the supply at the more affordable range of two hundred you know three hundred thousand where you think the first time home home buyer in the mm-hmm. middle America is just not there so mm-hmm. yeah that supply isn't there yeah um, perhaps because yeah I mean yeah. All right, so now we are down to the number one issue of the top 10 issues affecting real estate uh, via the CRE counselors. And number one, drum roll please, infrastructure. Yes. Infrastructure. Yes. Tell us about that. Um, I, I admit I was a little surprised to see that as the issue, but it is for the same reason that I was surprised. We don't hear that much about it because there's other more sensational headlines, but uh, infrastructure did have a pretty significant headline this spring, and that that underscores the magnitude of this issue. Uh, In April, the uh, New York Times, I guess, as well as other sources, reported that the White House and the Democratic leadership had agreed to a $2 trillion package to address our roads and bridges and infrastructure and then several weeks later it was it was tabled but that's the magnitude of what we need to see from the federal government i have a i have a slide and a presentation that i put together for nary that shows in all the categories of infrastructure we have significant gaps between what's needed and what's currently being provided for yeah and does that mean the investment goes to other countries over the us is that the 
part of the problem? Well, the counselors have, many of the counselors have global practices, so it was observed that other countries are doing a better job than we are. Mm -hmm. We're losing some global competitiveness without this investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're if you're a developer, you're trying to put out a new product, whether it's it's housing or what whatever it is. If if you have to contribute too much money uh, to the infrastructure, the the deals aren't going to pencil. We stop we stop getting the growth that we need, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. If it if we're not getting sufficient funds from public sources, and we need to find alternatives. There is a lot of money in the private sector to invest in infrastructure, but we mm -hmm. need we need coordination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of these things seem to kind of run together, right? They do. They do. Mm -hmm. So what would you leave our audience with to kind of think about uh, uh, overall for, after you guys have really gone through this top 10 issues and heavily debated you know, yes. the top ones? The, the overall message here, as, as I look at what we've come up with, is caution. It's a yellow mm -hmm. light. It's mm -hmm. not stop, you know, mm -hmm. but there are certainly indicators that we need to pay attention to that signal that, you know, this could be the end of cycle. We need to be circumspect about our underwriting assumptions going forward. Yeah. Well, it's always good to use caution. <laughs> All right, Julie, thanks for joining us. Great information. Thank you, Michael. And if you'd like to uh, see the summary papers, go to CRE.org and uh, you see the summary pages on the top 10 issues affecting real estate. And, uh, and we'd like to hear your comments. Uh, and if you appreciate the show, hey, please share it. Uh, please reach out to, to our sponsors and, uh, and connect with us, if you will. We're on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn and we're on Twitter. We're probably some other places where you might find us. So uh, thank you for being with us. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com.